With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Sota Daf Mem Gimel, page 43. We begin on the bottom of Mem Bezim, a Bez 42b, the very last line, Vatem Yatam Kain Chule. So we said in the Mishnah that Hashem, Kiviyachal himself, comes along with Chal Yisrael. Why does the Kohen say that Hashem is walking along with you, so to speak? We turn to Mem Gimel, Amar Aleph, Munachem the name of Hashem. And all of, or some of the names of Hashem, the name Kel, the name Elohim, so those are sitting there in the Aron inside of the Ark. So does the verse say, that Moshe placed inside of the Ark the Ten Commandments, and upon those Ten Commandments were Hashem's names. So therefore Hashem, Kiviyachal, comes along with the Ark, and His names are inside of the inside of the Ark. So that's why it says, Halicha, that Hashem is walking, Kiviyachal, along with the people of Israel. Elef lemate latzava, a thousand to each tribe to go to war. Oisam ves pinchas, so they and pinchas. Oisam elu Sanhedrin, who is they? It's referring to the Sanhedrin. Pinchas zemashuach melchama, and when we say pinchas, so it refers to the fact that the Kohen, the priest who has been anointed for the war, he comes along. Ukleha kaidesh, what are the holy vessels? Zearain veluchos shabai. This is reference to the ark and the luchos that are within it. Those are the holy vessels. Chatzitzot hatrua, and the the uh, the trumpets that they make sounds with. Elah shofar. That's reference to the shofars. Tana loy lechinam halach pinchas lamachama. It wasn't for naught that pinchas went out to war. Elalipara din avi imoi. The reason that he went out along with the Jews when they went to attack Midian was to pay off a debt that was owed by his grandfather, his great grandfather Shenemar. As the verse says, So the Midianim, this verse is referring to the Midianites, they sold Yosef to Egypt, etc. So Pinchas was coming to pay off the, the debt that was owed to the Midianites for the fact that they, they sold his great-grandfather Yosef. So now the Gemara asks, Is it true that Pinchas came from Joseph? The verse says, Elazar, the son of Aaron, Elazar was the father. Of Pinchas, so he took from the from the daughters of Putiel for a wife. So we're going to find out who his mother's father was. Who's Putiel? My love, the Asimi Yisro. Is it not so that who is Putiel is reference to Yisro? Because Yisro, he was called Putiel because he was Pitem. He fattened up these uh, these young cows for to sacrifice to idolatry. So the Gemara says, "Lo, me Yosef." Actually, this Putiel is reference to Joseph. Shepitpet be Yisro. That he lowered his yetzer and he overcame it. So the Gemara asks, Don't we know that Pinchas, so the tribes, they were embarrassing him. You see the son of Puti, Ben Shapitem, Avi Imay Agon This guy, his grandfather, his, fa- his mother's father, was the one who brought, he fattened up these cows for idolatry. Yarek Nasim Yisrael, he's going to kill an officer, a high-ranking person in the people of Israel. Right? So they made fun of Pinchas because his grandfather was Yisrael. So what are you telling me that his grandfather was Yosef? So we could say like this. Lamaisi has two grandfathers. So Yosef, if his mother's father is from Yosef, So his mother's mother is from Yisrael. And if his mother's mother is from Yosef, So then his father's mother, 
his mother's father, I'm sorry, is from Yisrael. We can actually infer this from the fact that it says the daughters of Putiel, which is plural, which could have said Putel, but it says Putiel. Tremashmet sounds like two. Shmamino. So this proves that indeed, from one side he was from Yosef, and from another side he was from Yisro. And that's why he went to go to fight with Midian to, to get back at them for selling Joseph. Masnissim, we start the Mishnah. And the officers speak to the nation, Lamor. They say as follows, Who is the person who has built a new house? And he has not yet lived in it for a year. He goes back to his house, etc. Whether a person has made a house for st- storing straw, base a bucker or a place for his cattle, base a a place for his wood, base a oyster is a place for his wine or his oil or his wheat. Whether he actually built it himself, whether he bought it, whether he inherited it, whether he got it as a present. So all of these cases he goes back home. The point is that he has to have it, it has to be new for him. Who is the one who has planted a vineyard, and has not yet gotten to the fourth year, so that he hasn't completed etc. This is true if he's planted a vineyard, or if he's planted five different trees that produce fruits, even from five different types. Whether he's planted, whether he's whether he's taken the the branch of a tree and pulled it down to the ground, or whether he's taken the branch from one tree and put it onto a different tree, whether he's bought it, whether he's received it as an inheritance, here too we see whether he's gotten it as a present. All these cases, so it just has to be new for him. Who is the one who has married a woman who is engaged to a woman? Whether he's engaged to a virgin, whether he's engaged to someone who's or is a widow who's been previously married, even someone who's waiting for his brother-in-law's wife to marry him because his brother-in-law passed away, or his brother, I'm sorry, passed away without any children, and even if he just found out that his brother died in war, so his wife and they didn't have any children, so he has to go back. Everyone, all of these people, they go to the war, and they stand there, and they listen to the Kohen say this, and then they go back. And so part of their job, they can't just go home, and they, can, they don't just have no, partake, no partaking in the, in the war itself, but rather what they do is they're involved in bringing water and food to the people. And they fix the roads. There are, there are the following that do not go back. Someone who's built, he hasn't built the house yet, but he's built the entranceway or the patio or some kind of uh, porch. So in all of these cases, you don't go back because it's not considered that you actually built a house. Let's say you planted only four trees that produce fruit, or even five trees that do not produce fruit. So that's not considered, you're not going to go back for that. Someone who's remarrying the woman he divorced, a woman who is a widow who's marrying a high priest, which is forbidden, a grusha, a divorcee, or someone who's been rejected from having Yibum, who's marrying a Kohen Hajit, which is also not permitted, a woman who's a bastard, or a Nesina, it's a Givoni woman, who's not allowed to marry a, a regular Jew, so all these cases are cases that they're not allowed to do it, nevertheless they're doing it, so all these cases, since they're not supposed to do it, 
they do not go back. Now, the first case was someone who is allowed to do it. He's returning, he's remarrying the woman that he divorced. Nevertheless, since it's not something new for him, it's not an excitement, it's not a happy thing, or it's not as happy, so therefore he does not go back from the war. Rabbi Yehuda says that even if a person is building a house, he's rebuilding a house that had fallen down, and he's putting the same exact house where it had once been. So even though it's a new house in a certain sense, nevertheless, you do not go back, because when you go in, it doesn't feel like it's new. Rabbi Lezer says, Even if a person builds a brick house in the Sharon, he wouldn't go back. Why? Because in the Sharon, so the, the ground there is very soft, and it doesn't hold the, the building very well. So every three and a half years, they would have to, or twice in seven years, they would have to fix the house and rebuild it. So, so that's not considered a, a, a house that's kavua, that's permanent. So therefore, you wouldn't go back for that. There are certain people, the following, that they don't even go to the Marchame, they don't even go to the place and hear the Kohen say, go back. They don't leave at all, and they don't get involved in helping out with the food. Let's say a person has already built a house, and he's already begun his first year. So someone who's planted a vineyard, and he's already started the fourth year of the vineyard, so meaning he's already started to eat in Yushalayim his fruits. Say someone who's already completed the marriage, and someone who's already completed the marriage to his brother's wife. Shunemar, as the verse says, So he has to be clean to his house for a full year. So when the verse says, It's referring to if he just built a house and he's already living in it. The word So that refers to a karem, to someone who's just planted a vineyard, and it's already the fourth year, and he's already started to eat from the fruits, and it hasn't completed that year. So he shall rejoice with his wife, as referring to his wife. Asher lakach, it says that he took, so that's extra words. This comes to include a woman who he's married because his brother passed away, and this is his wife, and they didn't have any children. So their job is not to be involved in bringing water and food, and they don't fix the roads, as opposed to someone who has not yet completed and gone, begun the first year of all of these things. Gemara. We begin the Gemara. We learn that a So the Shotrim, the officers speak. You might think that they say their own thing. When the verse of Yeshua Shaitrim, the, the the officers add on Hare Dvarm Shaatman, that teaches us they say their own thing. Amor, so we can say like this, Ha Mani Mekaim Vidira Shaitrim. So what does it say before they shall speak? What are they saying? They're saying over that which the priest has said. Okay, so it has this work. Koin Medaber. The priest, the Mashuach Muhammad speaks, Vishaitar Mashmiya. And the officer, so he says over what the priest has said. We have one Brisa that says the Kohen speaks and the officer says it over. Then we have another one that says that the priest speaks and another priest says it over. Then we have a third one that says the officer speaks and the officer gives it over. So I explained as follows. How does it work? From the beginning of the Parsha, where the Kohen is saying that, don't worry, don't be afraid, Hashem is with you. So the Kohen, the Moshuach Muhammad says it, the Kohen Mashmiya. And then another Kohen says it over. 
So the next section, So the Kohen says it, and one of the officers says it over the part where they're saying that whoever has, has already started doing something, what are the three things, whether it's a new house, a new wife, etc. So that's said by a Kohen, and then the officer says it over. From the part that says, etc. So the part where the guy says that uh, don't, if you have a weak heart, go home and don't make your brother's weak as well. So that's said by an officer, and another officer says it over. Just for Pasha Pshat, just a simple understanding, Pashtas, what happens here is that since the person who's talking maybe has a soft voice or whatever it is, so they would hire someone, the other person would be someone who has a very loud voice who's saying it over. Now we continue. Miha Isha Sherbana Bais Chadash, who's the one who has built a new house, etc. Tanarban, we learned in a Bais Asher Bana, Ainli Ela Asher Bana. All we know is someone who's built. How do we know that even if a person bought or he inherited or he got a present, that also he goes home? That's why the verse says, Who is the one, the man? Which the word ish could be extra because it could have just said, Mi Asher Bana. Who is the one that built? So why does it say ish? So this is teaching you that it, it depends on the person himself. If it's new for the person, even if he hasn't actually built. Bias, only a bias. So when the verse says a house, I only know a house. How do I know that this is even not for my own personal dwelling place, but even if I want to use it to, to store all kinds of different things, uh, teven, straw, and animals, and wood, and wine, wheat, or oil. So the verse says, the verse says, it says it before, bias. So the reason, why does it say, that a house he has built? So it doesn't say that that way because first we see the word bana before we even see bias because it's come to say that there are other things. We call makam. So it comes to include even a house that was built for another purpose. You might think that we would include even someone who hasn't built a house itself, but even just an entryway or some kind of patio or some kind of porch. That's why the verse says, bias a house. Ma bias or ledira, just like a house is something which is fitting to be lived in. I've called a So anything that we're including here is only that which is fitting to be lived in. Rebbezman Yaakov says that when we say bias, so it's teaching you exactly what it says that you go back if you just built a house. The verse says lechanoch v'lechanochoi. It says chanochoi, which means he hasn't started using it. Prat This excludes from the fact that it says it. So that comes to exclude one that was stolen. This would imply not like Rabbi because here we're saying that if a person had stolen a house and then he began to live in it, so even though it's new, he still does not go back. However, according to Rabbi he would say that he would indeed go back. Rabbi says, the verse says, whoever is weak of heart, he goes back. We turn the page to 43b. This is someone who's afraid of the Averos, the transgressions that he has in his hands. So if a person has stolen a house, so he certainly has a transgression, and he would indeed go back. So We could even say that it's Rabbi Yaseh going to Aglili. For example, where he did Shuva, and he is paid for the house. So, so, you, so according to Rabbi Yisakli, there's no reason that we would have to go back, and therefore, according to Rabbi Yisakli Yaakov, also he does not go back since it was stolen, and even though it's new, nevertheless, it was stolen. So the Gemara says, "Ihachi havale lekeach." So if this if this is the case where he did tshuva, he did repentance, and he paid for it, so he should be considered like someone who just bought something. Really, you should go back. 
No, Sigmar says, came into me, Karabataris Gzela Asaliade, like, since originally how it came into his hand was in a way of stealing, therefore he does not go back, because when do we say that it's considered new and fresh for him, and it's something he goes back for, only if it was his when he originally got it. But if when he got it originally it was through stealing and it wasn't really his, therefore he does not go back. Who's the one who has planted a vineyard, etc.? Tanu Rabban, we learned in Abrais Asher Nota that he planted, only Elanota. We only know where he planted. How do we know that even if he bought it, or he inherited it, or he got it as a present, that he also goes back? Who is the man? This is very similar to what we said before. Why does it have to say the word ish? It could have just said umi asher nata. Who is the one that planted? So I say how ish. It's telling you that it has to be even from the person's perspective himself that for him it's brand new. Karem, the verse says Karem, only Ela Karem. All I know is a Karem. How do I know that it's, this even applies if he's planted five trees that have that are fruit bearing? Even if they're they're different types. That's why the verse says Asher Nata. Before it says Karem, it could have said Asher Karem Nata, which would imply that it's only if a person has uh, has planted a vineyard. Why does it say Asher Nata Karem that uh, that he has planted? A vineyard, meaning first you come across the word planted, so that comes to teach you that it even includes other things. You might think that this would even include someone who has planted four trees that produce fruit, or even five trees that do not produce fruit. That's why the verse says karem. Karem comes to include anything that produces fruit and has to be a substantial, a substantial amount of trees. Rabbi Yosef ben Yaakov says karem kemashmo. The word karem teaches us simply what it says, only a karem. The fact that it says meaning it says with a vav. So this comes to exclude a case where someone has grafted a, a branch from another tree, where he's taken the branch of this tree and pushed it down to the floor until it started its own tree. So in that case, a person would not go back according to Rebbe and Yaakov. It seems, by the way, from the, from the Hemshech of the Gemar, later on the Gemar seems to imply that this last statement was not part of Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov's statement, meaning all Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov said was that karem simply means karem, meaning not other trees. And this second half, that we're coming to exclude a case where you're mavrech or markiv, so that's not a part of Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov's statement. That's the way it seems from the from this Hemshech of the Gemara. We'll see when we get there. We learned in a brisa in the Mishnah. I'm sorry. Anyone who planted, whether he planted or whether he pulled down the branch or whether he grafted, so that they're included, they do indeed go back. It's considered a new tree. Rabbi Zera says in the name of Chizda, it's not a problem. Depends what we're talking about. When do you not go back? That's only if you've gone and you have been marked if you grafted on something which is forbidden. But if you graft on something which is permitted, so then you're allowed to go back. What's the case where you grafted on something which is permitted? If we're talking about a young tree, to a young tree, a new tree, a branch of a new tree on a branch of a new tree, typically the boy Forget about the grafting, you have to go back for the for the new tree. So what are we, what are we talking about? We grafted a new branch onto an older tree. That can't be the case because Rabbi Avoh said, a young branch that you put onto, you grafted onto an older tree, the the younger branch is considered to be part of the old tree, the Ainbadin Arla, and there's no din, there's no problem of Arla. So how can you tell so what's the case? What's the case where you're going back? If you if you don't if the tree already is yours, 
if the tree already is yours and it's young, so then you should go back for the tree, not for the grafting. What, what's the case? Um, Rabbi Yermia, so Rabbi Yermia says, yalda yalda, that we're talking about a young tree in a young tree. And you know why you're not going back for the younger tree, the first tree, that one that you're grafting it onto? The reason is because the, the, you planted it for the purpose of, of filling in the holes in some kind of, in your fence, or you planted it in order to make beams out of it. It's none. So we learned on a mission on a teyad someone who plants in order to to make a fence or a kairis, or to make beams out of it. Paterman arla, so there's no din of arla. So now the Gemara asks a different question. Why is it that when you graft a young branch onto an old an old tree, so the young branch takes on the properties of the old tree? Why is it that in this case we're grafting the young branch onto a young tree, so it doesn't take on all of the characteristics of the young tree? So the Gemara answers that over there, if you want to change your mind about the tree, if you want to change the tree, that you the older tree, and you want to think about it, that it should be something else, and it shouldn't have the halacha of Arlo, you can't change, you can't change it. Something that's old, you can't make it young. But over here by this thing, so the thing that you made into a fence, you can change it from being a fence to being something that's chayiv in Arlo. You can make the thing that you're grafting on Onto into Orla, so the Hamei Karla Perikama, because we see there's a concept that it's what is, what do you usually make these things for? You don't usually make it for a fence. You do usually make it for fruit. So therefore, you can change it to that. So since it's something that can be easily changed, even though it is indeed standing to be used for a fence, the thing that you graft onto it can take on its own properties, meaning it can be for Orla, can be Chayiv in Orla, and therefore you would have to come back for the thing you grafted on. The Gemara says, "Miti dahava alu The fact that the fact that we say that you can make something, and you can change its status. Why? Because the whole idea is that what do we usually make these things for? Not for fences. So that's something that we see from something that grew on its own. The Tanan we learned in a Mishnah, If you had no intention about it and it grew on its own, what is it? It's Chayav and Arla. Because why? Because you're you're doing it for fruits. So therefore, it's something that's much easier to change." Just with a machshava, with a thought. So that's what we see from there. So the Gemara asks, instead of saying this case, we grafted it onto something which is something else, which you're not chayiv and orla on, why don't we say the following case, where you have a vineyard of two partners, the high hadar adidei, the high hadar adidei, meaning the, the tree itself, so the tree itself belongs to Ruvain. And then Shimon had grafted on a branch of his own, and he's coming back for that grafted branch. Why can't we say that that's the case? Meaning the tree itself does not belong to Shimon. Amra Papa, so Samaras, Kemen Kerem Shal Shnei Shutfim, Ein Chazun Alav Me'orche HaMelchama. That this, that what we see from here, from the fact that we didn't say this case, is that if you have a, a tree, that belongs to one person, and then Shimon comes along and puts on his branch. You don't separate it. You can't separate them. It's called shudfim. Once we say that it belongs to, it belongs to both of them, they both own the whole thing. We don't separate the branch part that he put on and the tree part that he put on. But rather, it's considered shalshne shudfim. The whole tree is considered one person's tree, and therefore they both do not go back for that. Now the Gemara asks, Why is this different when you have five brothers and one of them died in the war? Right, they all, there's only one wife, there's only one woman here that's available for all these four men who are left. Nevertheless, they all go back. 
So the Gemara answers, Hasam kolchad v'chad karina be'ishtai. Each and every one of them, so as soon as he marries this woman, any one of them could go and marry his brother's wife. So therefore, every single one of them has something in her that's very substantial. However, hacha kolchad v'chad le'karina be'karmai. However, when it comes to the karem, when it comes to a tree, where one has the tree and the other one is grafted onto it, so no one person has the tree. They all are shutfim in the tree. No one can lay claim and say, this is completely mine at any time. Therefore, they don't go back. Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak Amar b'mavrech ilan b'yerek. Rav Nachman Yitzchak says, you know, you could have a case like this, where for a yerek, for a vegetable, so you don't go back for that if it's new. So if you take a branch of a tree and you, you graft it onto a vegetable plant or a vegetable tree, let's say like a banana tree, so there, so you will go back. So, and this is obviously according to the one who said that this is not a problem of grafting. Hi, Tanahu. And it's according to the following Brisa, according to the following Tana. The Tani we learned in a Brisa, someone who takes the branch of a tree and grafts it onto a vegetable plant. says it's fine, it's not a problem, there's no Isser, there's no transgression. In the name of Rabbi Yehuda ben Gamda, the man of Kfar Ako, that was said in his name. And the Chachamim say it's a problem. So therefore you could say that that's the case over here. So you're not going back for the vegetable plant itself, but you are going back for the branch that you grafted on, according to this Shita, Ramashimi Gamliel. When Rav Dimi came, Amr Rav Yechanan said, This second half of the Brisa where we said that you do not go back for something where you've grafted, etc. So that's all Rebbe Lezben Yaakov. And therefore, we don't have to make it jive with our Mishnah. All along, we've been trying to get it to work out with our Mishnah. Really, he holds that there's no case that you go back if you've grafted. And did not Rebbe Lezben Yaakov, lay Amar Rebbe Lezben Yaakov, Hasam, didn't he say, Kerem Kemashmoi, that the only thing that you go back for is a vineyard and not for a tree. So Hachanami, not Takemashmo. When we say that he planted a vineyard, it means he planted a vineyard, Noitea in, Mavrechu Markivloi. It means planting and not grafting. Kiyasar of Dimi Amar Yechanan, Gemara continues, when Rav Dimi came, he said in the name of Rav Yechanan, Mishim Rav Yechanan, Mishim Yaakov, in the name of Rav Yechanan, Yaakov, Yalda Pchusa Mi Tefach Chayeves Ba'orla. If you have a vine that's very short, it's only one Tefach, one hand breadth high, so it's going to be Chayev. You're going to have to, you can't eat anything from it. Kol Shnaisa, all of its years, even if it's been many years. Timischazi Kebashata, because it looks like it's only one year old. So even though it's been many years, nevertheless, you can't eat from it. And the reason is because people will see it, they'll think that you don't have to worry about Orla, because they'll think that it looks so young, that it is young. This is talking about where you have two across from two and one coming at the end, meaning you have five. But you have a very large karem, very many vines, and they're all short like this, so then everyone knows that this is this guy has this short vineyard, the vineyard with short plants, and therefore no one will think that it's Orla. So therefore you can eat it. Kiyasar of Dimi, when Rav Dimi came, Amr Abyechan, he said in the name of Rav Yechan, and Mishim Rabbi Lazben Yaakov, in the name of Rabbi Lazben Yaakov, Mace, a dead person, Typhus Arba Amos, Lekriyashima. So he grabs, so to speak, the four cubits that are around him in regards to Kriyashima. What does that mean? Dechsev Leg Lerash, Sehu that you're not supposed to make fun of somebody who can't do what you can do. So a dead person, so he doesn't have the ability to say Krishma because he's dead. So you're not supposed to say Shema, or do any mitzvahs for that matter, within a certain distance of him. So he has four cubits around him that you can't, if you're in that area, that you don't say Shema in that area. 
Amar Yitzchak, Rabbi Yitzchak says, Amar Yechanan, in the name of Rabbi Yechanan, Mishim Rabbi ben Yaakov, in the name of Rabbi ben Yaakov, Chargasa Hagadela ben Ha'achin, if you have a stepbrother, a stepsister, I'm sorry, who's growing up amongst stepbrothers, and they're not related, so he says, Asur li la'achin, she's not allowed to marry those stepbrothers, the Mishazik Yachasayu, because people will see it, and they'll think that this is their sister, and Chasasham, the brother is marrying his sister, Velohi, but it's not true. Kala is Mils. Everybody knows that Allah is not this way because everybody knows that this is a stepsister and therefore it's permitted. Again, we have this, this uh, chain of people. Leket Shecha Upeya. If you have these things that are supposed to be left over for poor people, Sha'asan, Big Gairin, that were piled up into a basket. Hook for Ula Meiser. So the poor person who piled them up, so he now has to take off Meiser. And the reason is because it looks like he's gathered them from his own field, so people won't know that and they'll think that you're allowed to just go and not take off Meiser. Amr Ula. So Ula says, Loi Amran Elabisada. That's only if he's collecting it, he's collected it from the field and he's coming in from the field into the city. Aval Be'ir. But if he's in the city, Kala Islay Lamilsa. So everyone will be able to figure it out because why? Because every day he goes out to the field, he comes in and he's piling it up in his house. So people, they know that he's been piling it up for a long time and that's why he has so much in one basket but if a person comes in with the basket people won't realize that uh, that he had gathered it from stuff which doesn't require to take off my sir a young plant which is less than a tefach high so there's a halacha that you can't plant your kerem your vine next to any kind of vegetable plants so that's called kilayim so over here what we're saying is if it's only a tefach high if it's less than a tefach so it doesn't create a problem of kilayim that's only where you have two across from two and one behind. If the whole entire vineyard is this short, these short plants, then it is indeed a problem because everyone will know that these plants are significant and therefore we're going to... Anyway, all we're talking about here, Rashi explains, is a dinder abanan. So therefore, the rabbis did indeed make a when it comes to something which looks significant.